Episode two of Creative Moonlighting. <laughs> Jeez, you come in, you come in with a bang there. I can hear Ron you. Ron Burgundy loud. style. Yeah. Uh, yes. Episode two, Creative Moonlighting. What are we talking about today? Well, uh, today we're going to talk about generating ideas. That's not what you said we were going to talk about at the end of last episode. At the end of last episode, you said we were going to talk about how to choose your project. Yeah, but since we met last time, I think. Um, it's appropriate more to talk about how you've generated ideas as a creative. We can get into choosing projects, but you have to have ideas first. So we're trying to build this thing as a foundation and then we're going to build every little step from there. We're going to kind of pyramid it. Is that yeah, what we're saying? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think that's the okay. right way to go. But if we don't do that, should anybody hold us accountable? No, because every episode should be something that spurs their thinking and reflection on being creative. Okay. You okay. heard it right there, guys. There it is. Yeah. So since we last met, we are still stuck in quarantine for the coronavirus. By the way, when she says quarantine, she doesn't mean we are quarantining right. ourselves. She means that we are kind of Social shutting Social distancing. That's what she means. Quotes. You can't see my fingers. And there you go. Social distancing. So, yeah, we are a hold up in our house. Again, we're back at our kitchen table and our dog Bodie is staring out the window and I just have this inkling she's going to bark really loud. So if that happens, we're just going to roll with it because we don't want to cut. We, we actually want this to be a very real podcast. In, and what we mean by that is we want to be uh, open and vulnerable to uh, situations that we're a part of creatively. And then that also includes having our dog. So we may bark. expose you to some loud barking and we're going to say sorry about that for now. All right. We're two minutes in. Let's get to the point. Okay. So yeah. Uh, generating ideas. So uh, the question I want to pose to you to share is uh, share some light on is um, share some light. On? Shed, shed, some, shed, some, shed light some light. On. I think Um is how do you generate your ideas for anything, anything really? Um, Where do you get your inspiration, I guess? Both of those. Well, so last episode, we talked about this high degree of openness that um, that people who want to create things have, which is the funny part about it. As I'm saying that, I'm remembering my writing partner again, from, if you heard the first episode. And we've had this discussion back and forth about what it means to be open. And again, a high degree of openness doesn't mean, at least not to me, it doesn't mean that you don't finally settle into some version of tunnel vision and really hone in on what it is you're trying to do. But what it, what it really means, I think, is openness is extremely important at the beginning of any project. And and really what it means is before you even have an idea for a project, you're reading all kinds of different things. Maybe it's an article about some girl who took Ambien and ended up on a crane one night, had no idea how she got there. And now you're wondering how she got there. And they did a report on that. You're, this stuff's floating around. So in you mean air. openness in the sense of everything that you are reading, watching, doing, listening to yes. is a source of inspiration. Correct. So okay. I think that the definition of creativity, if I had to put a definition on it, 
Um, I think that it is piecemealing ideas together mm-hmm. from different things that you've read or seen mm-hmm. and experienced. You piecemeal those things in, and create some new whole. I, I, I really believe that there's nothing new under the sun, but there's new ways of presenting that thing. Mm-hmm. So you you try as best you can to take the... And, and honestly, I don't know what interests anyone else. I know what interests me. So what I do is I pick things that interest me and I write them down on, I used to write them down on little, you know, in a notebook or on sticky notes. Now I use the notes in my phone and I just have all these random ideas. And And you also, one thing I noticed about you though, when you're generating ideas, you actually record quotes, like, like word for word, what people have said. Right. Um, I think especially in your instance, you are a screenplay writer or you're an actor. And so you think about lines or sayings or things you've heard that are interesting. That's yeah. Because sometimes you hear someone say something in just the right way or in just the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And they, they throw their own little spin on it and it gives them this voice for a concept or an idea that, that you didn't, is a new spin on it. And you couldn't think of it that way yourself. So yeah, I write those down all the time and I steal, I steal lines from anyone. I steal all of your lines. You know, if you say it around me and it's quotable, then I'm using it, you know? So being open is one where it's like, look at anything that you do or, and, and take it as a source of generating a new idea. Yeah. And, and usually when I, you know, when I'm around somebody that's doing that, that, that poses that I usually don't just, I shouldn't have said, I just steal your, you know, I do steal the words from your mouth. If, if you just say it in casual conversation, I'm probably going to use that if it's said right or wrong. But at the end of the day, the people that generate those thoughts I, I always question them further because they are usually far more of a wealth of information than just that one saying that they just came up with. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, being open and then I know you did a vlog on this, right? I did. Yeah, I did a vlog on it. Um, and so a, if people want to watch that, how do you, you even? go to Matthew J Thornton on YouTube and you can see all the vlogs. There's, I think 22 of them at this point. And not, this one's related. What's the topic of the, the one that's related to this podcast is what? Uh, it's called how to be creative and it, and it was stimulated by a, a student of mine who mm-hmm. is extremely creative an actor. Um, and he was writing a script and he knew that I kind of write scripts and stuff. And so he just wanted to come in and talk about where, where I got, and really what he was talking about was where I got my ideas from. Um, kind of, yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah. I was thinking about, um, are there instances in my life where I'm asked to be creative and I definitely have to think about when I'm creating a professional learning session for people. Yeah. Um, that's huge. I think things that people might not consider is the way you are stimulating conversation with people. And so I'll tell, I'll tell a little bit about, um, this group, Matthew and I have always, uh, been interested in meditating yep. like that. That's always been a, a, um, something we wanted to pursue because we've heard it had so many benefits and like health benefits or mental benefits. Well, and we're both the kind of people that have this little voice that 
constantly, uh, you know, um, it, it hijacks our brains. And it goes back to balance, which was yeah. the first episode. And so we've heard a lot about people meditating. And so, um, about gosh, what was it? Three months ago, the yoga studio that I went to closed, they had to close their doors. And, um, so I felt misplaced because I'd been a member at this yoga studio for about eight years now. And I, there was a community of people that I was really connected to long story short, go to the local grocery store, run into a guy that I had done yoga, have done vinyasa yoga classes with for years and years and years. And he said, Hey, my wife and I are leading this, uh, meditation group, right? That was like the easy way to <laughs> yeah. say, Hey, we're running this meditation group. And it turned out he lived in our neighborhood, right? right? So they live literally, we could have walked, but the inner matrix. Yeah. And so we joined this group called the inner matrix and, um, you guys could order the book and read it for yourself, but for you hippy dippy lovers, you're going to really love it. Anybody yeah. else might, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, we, I loved it. I yeah. loved it. So, um, the inner matrix is, let's see if we can relay this concisely, okay. right? Um, it's based upon this guy, Joey Klein, who has spent a long time researching, um, uh, the effects of meditation, right? Yeah. I'm glad you remember. And his so name. they call it conscious transformation is actually the, the bigger group, but this this particular group that we took part in was a free five week, uh, course I'll say. It's, yeah. And you met for one hour every week. We met on Tuesday nights at somebody's house and we had two leaders that would, um, talk us through chapters of the book. Like every week you had, uh, readings that you had to do. And Denise kept up with all the readings. Almost. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah, I like going to classes. I mean, that's just what it is. That's the kind of person that I am. I like going to classes. I get stimulated by somebody asking me a question. It's, I really like it when they ask me to journal. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I should have gotten my journal. I have it in my backpack over there. But anyway, so I'm getting on a tangent, going on a tangent. So this inner matrix group had us think about, um, real. it made us reflect a lot about the way that our minds work every day, right? Like what's our perception of, um, uh, what were the different topics? Well, each week they would give you some new version of a meditation and what you would ultimately do. The first one was just about breathing, but the second one yeah. was about like, uh, your lower emotions versus your higher emotions, which is, is, to, and I, re I resonated with, or that resonated with me a lot because, um, well, because I, I struggle with that balance. And so at the end of the day, what they're trying to get you to do is to get away from the really negative emotions, which they call it the lower version of your nature and get you to the higher which emotions, is to me rational is versus like the, irrational. Yeah. It's, a, you know? it's rational versus irrational. Yeah, ultimately. But, and, and you were bringing this up because well, I'm getting there because okay. remember, this is all about generating ideas, okay. right? Okay. So anyways, this is just to spark curiosity for y'all. If you're interested, go look up inner matrix. It's a free, you can do an everywhere in the country. They have free classes because the people that run it, the leaders, the group leaders, they do it for free. You can go to bigger events that Joey Klein host. We never got to one. No, they had them here in Austin, but we didn't go. So anyways, all that to be said, I was really um, 
intrigued and inspired by our two facilitators, right? So our group facilitators. Right. And uh, my role to lead professional learning is to really pose questions to people, have them ponder it and move them forward somehow, move their thinking forward. And these two facilitators did an excellent job at that. Um, and so when I'm thinking about generating ideas, what's funny is if I were to go back and look at my journal that I kept when we would go to these sessions, I actually was watching the facilitators more about the way they chose to run the conversation ah, than partake in the conversation. But because that, you wanted to, you were stealing ideas from them to take to your own sessions with yeah, teachers. Yeah. And I thought about, I mean, the notes that I probably took about um, ideas was the way the word choices that they used. Like, how did they choose to ask a question so that it was not exclusive it was more inclusive versus did you ever notice whenever they would say uh they would try to remind you of doing something specific they would say in a gentle reminder yeah they would say in a gentle reminder they would everything was always an invitation or an opportunity it wasn't it was never you need to do this you must do that yeah and but it's funny to me because when they say a gentle reminder it's kind of the same thing as saying you need to do this Mm -hmm. it's just a different way of like triggering your brain. Well, and it's a way to make it palatable. It's a way to yeah. to offer it to people in yeah. a way where they're not going to resist it immediately. Yeah, like yeah. your your inclination, I think that humans inclination is to resist change or um differing perspectives. Until they don't like where they are and then their inclination is to facilitate change at at a moment's notice yeah. to the extreme. Yes. You yes. go right into rebellion mode and you yeah. go, well, we'll start a revolution. Or some know? people are so religious where they're like, oh, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to give it all to God. I'm going to pray and then right. I'm going right. to leave it alone. Right. right. Well, you know, that then that's a different way yeah. to surrender. Right. Yeah. Surrender. So anyways, all of that coming back to the whole purpose was for me, oftentimes when I'm trying to look for new ideas or generate new ideas, I, I, again, I try to be open. I'm going to connect it to what you were saying. I try to be open in looking at interactions with people or things that I do on a daily basis that can connect to work or to something that I'm trying to create, you know, even like, what would you say is the main focus of your job? I know that it's, you're a math coach. You coach teachers to be better at teaching math. I know that's the whole of your job, but what would you say when you go to a, uh, a conference or or whatever and you're facilitating, what would you say is the main focus? Like, my main it to focus, one thing. no, my main focus is to uh, be a catalyst for change it, within any kind of school system, right? For me, I work primarily with teachers and leader and administrators, but for me, it's to 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 catalyze change that results in better student achievement, right? Like so that kids learn better, that the things I'm asking- But you're not in contact with children at all. So you're, how, how, how can you do that? I have to be able to pose questions to, um, to teachers and administrators that have them honestly reflect on what they do on a day-to-day basis. Which is what you said last episode that you do to me. 
Yeah. I mean, so I try to connect that in, in everything I do now. I think that people respond more are likely more likely to respond when I pose questions that give room for reflection. Yeah. And then formulating ideas. I think that's also what artists do. I think artists pose these ideas or pose these pieces of art, whether it's a film or whether it's a piece of artwork or a video or music or whatever, that allow people to reflect and connect to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think so. And so for me, whether I'm going to yoga, whether I'm going to this meditation group, whether I'm whatever it is, I try to be open to that that experience can generate a new idea for me to use in my day-to-day life. Well, you know, uh, and, I, and I'm going to reference this as kind of off, off the top of my head, but um, the late, great Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. God rest his soul, man. Uh, but he did talk about being a dad mm-hmm. and how he had all these pieces of information that he really wanted to pass on to his, his girls. And he knew that he could just go preach to them and that'd be one way of getting through. Uh, and they wouldn't take it, is what he had tried it, he said. And you know, you won the Oscar and all, you know, for, for, for doing the short movie. But what he was saying was that I had to find a new way to take the information that I had, uh, sort of reconstruct it, and send it in a different message or a different bottle. Because if I tell it in a story, not from my perspective, not from dad Kobe Bryant perspective. I tell it in a story from someone else, some character's perspective, and I slide the message in there, then they maybe they maybe take that a little more, you know, uh readily. Yeah. So we don't have kids of our own. No, we don't. We have nieces and nephews and um lots of students that we teach. But I would think, But that's teaching though, isn't it? Yeah, I would think that if we had kids, um, a way to get at the point, uh, sometimes it would be just to blatantly say it, but I think the ones that stick the most are when you ask a question and, okay. yeah. and they are forced to respond or in honestly. like, or in like, or yes. Yeah. And I, that's a pretty, that's a pretty upfront way of doing it, but also telling a story and leaving them with that story and literally leaving them with that story to to have to deal with. It's like Aesop's fables. It's like when we were kids and we had to read Aesop's fables. Is that how you say it? I always said it Aesop. Oh. I, I'm not I'm not sure. I think you're probably right. I don't know that. Or, but I, think I it's remember AE, right? AE. I always thought it was Aesop's fables, but yeah. whatever. And I Fact remember <laughs> Mrs. Pogue uh was my third grade teacher. We read it in there and then she would always ask like, "What's the point of this story?" Yeah. yeah. What, what else is this story trying to say? And yeah. uh, I think art work generates questions for people as a result of viewing it or listening to it or, yeah. you know, interacting with it, I guess, yeah. you know? Well, and it's cool whenever artwork leaves it open because in a way, um, leaving it open is, is really the key. It's the hardest thing to do if you're the artist because you want to tie everything up. But Leaving it open is really what you're trying to do because you want people, I mean, not every piece is like this, but you want people to kind of question what happened and why. And then not only that, and another thing on this subject is 
if you have a good idea, the telltale or telltale sign of a good idea is if I tell you a little anecdote and it prompts you to tell me your version of that same anecdote, then that means that I struck a chord with you, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's when, you know, you've done something. Um, And I think as a teacher or as an artist or as a storyteller of any kind, that's really the goal is I want you to walk away from it going, oh, I, I got something just like that or better than that, actually, you know, and that 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 to me is is the goal. How to generate those ideas? I don't know. I, I, I feel like one way to do it is to sit and write down every cool idea you ever thought of or every cool idea you ever encountered. Yeah. So let's uh, let's wrap this session up or a session like it's a therapy session or yeah, something. Yeah. No, let's let's wrap this episode up with our top three. Right. Okay, so okay. every episode we how, how, top three of. So hold on. Every episode we round it out with our top three ideas or resources or philosophies that are related to today. It's about generating ideas. Okay. So, um, what are some, uh, things along the way being an artist that have struck a chord with you that help you to generate new ideas? So I'll go first. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I was writing them down as you were talking. Oh, so you were one, listening. You were waiting to talk. No, I was just, it was <laughs> I'm just joking. Spurring, I'm, I'm joking. Spurred some thinking on my part. So I think number one, you started to talk about it was you got to be able to find a system that works for you to remember your list of ideas. So whether it's a journal, you keep a journal and then you have a running journal for the ideas that stick with you. Or maybe you said you keep it in your phone and you record a list. Some people do audio recordings to themselves. And just as they're talking, they they make an audio memo and they're like, yeah, Hey, don't forget that we talked about this on our, and then they listen to it later. So I think that's number one, find a system that works for you to remember your ideas. Okay. Okay. Second, that's a great point actually. Yeah, because otherwise you go. Oh, you go nowhere we, from there. And we've done it a lot, a lot of times where we're like, "What was what was that funny thing yep. that we said?" And we can't remember. Yep. And, it, right? and and the person who said it just the way that you want to remember mm-hmm. it, but then you can't remember it that. Yeah. Way. So find a system that works for you. It's going to look different for everybody. The second, I wrote down take a walk, but not literally just take a walk. I just mean. Um, Go out, be active, and let that be a source of inspiration. That was a big Ray Bradbury thing. He would like, you know, the the he would start be it out, a, yeah, and get, and he would go for a long walk. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, for me, a lot of times, I would say my I go to Town Lake here in Austin. There yeah. is downtown the 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 place that has a hike and bike trail. I go to the park with the dog. I go to yoga. I love going to yoga. Seems for, like walking and sleep actually go a long way toward solving the the question that you had in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the second one is just, I'm going to say, I'm going to sum it up with take a walk, but you could go, you can interpret it the way that you want. Um, and then the third that I wrote down was watch people and connect to what's going on with you. So, you know, you talk, you check in with your family or your friends or your coworkers every day. And watching and listening to people are a really good source of like, I mean, even just funny, how in the world would, um, 
the guy that is doing Righteous Gemstones. What's yeah, his name? Uh, Kenny, uh, he's, Kenny I was going to call him Kenny Powers. Yeah, but, but the yeah, Danny McBride, yeah. So what, the original when he was Kenny Powers was what? Eastbound and down. Uh, okay, so eastbound and down, or no, maybe it was vice principals. Where vice principals, yeah. the donut scene. Oh no, that was that was that was eastbound and down. Okay, yeah. so where he goes into the workroom Who and he mushed the donuts, the, the donuts, or I think about Diversity Day. Oops, a uh, Diversity Day on um on uh Steve Carell. Yeah, the the office. Like those are sources of inspiration. Yeah, because you know somebody has gone through it. Yeah, in their yeah, normal, they're speaking to a large mass of people in those scenes. Yeah, yeah, like normal mundane life is a source. Like it's relatable to everybody. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 one of the most creative things to be able to recognize what happens beneath normal mundane life. Yeah. Because everybody knows that when somebody walks through the door and they like you walk down the hall and you go, Hi, hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Probably neither of you is really that good. Yeah, really. But I hate that. Yeah. But it's what you do, you know? So those are my top three. What about yours? Okay. So uh I I, I said one I want to reiterate here, which is that you take a bunch of ideas, you piecemeal those ideas together and you form one whole. And usually the way your brain works, it's going to be so different than everybody else's brain works that even if the idea you've taken, you've probably taken it in a different way and you're going to take it in a different direction. That That's creative. Um, I also think, and this is a big topic for probably a whole other episode, but I think talent is derived from repetition. And people who have the patience and the will to repeat an action over and over and over. And I think this is going to happen with this podcast, which is if we, if we do more of them, we're going to get better at it. The problem with repetition is that it, it becomes boring to the person that's repeating. And it'll probably become boring to the people who are listening to it or if they had to. But at the end of the day, if you're willing to risk being boring and repeat, 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 then you'll probably eventually find a new spin on whatever it is you're repeating and then you become creative, you know? Well, yeah, and I don't want to steal the show from a future episode, but we talked about this yesterday about fundamentals. So I'll yeah. just give a little taste. Yeah. Like I grew up playing tennis my whole life yeah. and I thought about Serena Williams. Really, yeah, okay, yeah. Right? And so when you talk about repetition, um, growing up, practicing in the hot Texas sun, we had to do volleys every single day you do ground strokes and you'd move to volleys, you do serves, whatever. And so everybody that plays tennis knows that textbook tennis is you don't swing on a volley. You have mm -hmm. forehand volley, you have backhand volley and repetition, right? So we did it. If you have textbook tennis, a, a, a good volley, it's just simple punch, right? You step, you split step and you, uh, you step and you punch your forehand, right? Or your backhand. Well, then here comes Serena Williams and she has coined the swinging volley like no other. Which is not a thing. Like wasn't before that. Not in textbook Sounds tennis. like Michael Jordan in the fadeaway. Right. So I think about that. You're right. Like uh, it, creating or innovating something is a result, though, of, of, of having the repetition. You know the rules so well that you now have allowed yourself to break them and in a way that works. Yeah. And, and so, so that's what I call talent. Like there's a lot of people who are skilled 
There's a difference between skill and talent, though. Skill means that you can do things right. Talent means that you did them so right that now you're able to do them wrong. And the third thing is that, and this goes back to our first episode in terms of balance, but I think, you know, being able to differentiate or balance the, my granddad used to say this to me, he'd say, oh, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. And what I guess he really meant by, I didn't know it then, but what I guess he really meant by that was I was studying the details of what was right in front of me so closely that I couldn't zoom out and see the big picture. And so for a lot of years, when I first, you know, became an adult, I was really trying to study the big picture. And, but now that I'm pushing 40, now I also realize the details matter. So some, some people also can't see the trees for the forest because they're so zoomed out all the time. They have no connection to anything that's happening right where they are. So you, what, what in my mind, you have to find some way of knowing when to zoom out, when to zoom in. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that, you know, that's a, that, that's different for everybody. So I don't, I don't know, you know, what more to say about it, but those are my three. Yeah. I think it's see the forest through the trees. Right. Uh, if no, you think about I, th- the I think phrase, it's you can't see the forest for the trees. For meaning, the trees. Yeah, meaning you've been so busy studying the trees that you can't see the whole forest. I would have thought it's you can't see the forest through the trees because you're so focused on the tree that you can't. It's the same thing of what you're saying. Maybe, you maybe the saying works both both ways. I, <laughs> I don't should, know. Actually, it we could need be to a look that good up. fact check to see yeah. what the saying actually is. I always took it, can't see the forest for the trees, but maybe my granddad said it wrong. I really hate the words. Or maybe I said it wrong. I really hate through, of, and. For. Prepositions. Prepositions. Oh, your mom would really die. I right probably now. would die. But anyways. Uh, okay. Well, we'll figure that out. So, um. Anyways, you guys, thanks for listening. Episode two, be safe, be healthy, be well, make good choices. And we're going to go take a walk so that we are not quarantined inside the house all day until tomorrow. Avoid the Corona, avoid the coronavirus. That's like a Tom Hanks reference. It didn't play. Sorry. Do you know? Avoid, avoid the, the clap. clap. Jimmy, Jimmy Dugan. Dugan. I gotcha. All right. Hasta la pasta. Thank you.